This is Brother John Metter, and I greet you in the precious name of Jesus, and I pray everyone's doing well, really enjoying what God is doing in our lives and in our spirits. And I want to encourage you to take a few minutes and settle in and listen to this broadcast. I'm telling you, God is so revealing Himself to us in such a great and a mighty way. And I want to go ahead and get uh, into the Word, but those of you that follow us on YouTube uh, and our website, mansentfromgod.org, that's M-A-N-S-E-N-T-F-R-O-M-G-O-D dot O-R-G, that will take you to our website, go uh, to the pre-recorded messages and, and listen to the prophecy uh, that was spoken. We were in our prayer and seeking God meeting last week for three days. We started Wednesday morning and Thursday evening. The Spirit of God enveloped that place and the power of God's Word and Spirit came in in such a great and a mighty way and it just filled the whole church. And probably about 30 minutes into prayer, the Spirit of prophecy settled in and for about, I think it was 18 minutes, the Lord spoke in prophecy and give a great encouraging, strengthening word. So go to our website, mansetfromgod.org, and uh, the date of the prophecy is April the 25th, 2019, and you can listen to that. We uh, I played it in our service last Sunday, and for some reason, our live stream, when we started playing the prophecy, uh, it dropped out on us. So those of you that watch the live stream and hear the radio broadcast, you'll have to go to the website and listen to this. And a great, stirring, encouraging word. And I'm trying to find the prophecy now that the Lord spoke. I think it was back around the first of the year. But God spoke to us some things, and he gave us a sign that uh, there would be a terrorist attack averted, and we would find out once they uh, uncovered it that it saved, I think uh, the prophecy was either hundreds or thousands of lives, and this just happened a few days ago. They uncovered that terror plot out there, I think it was in California at the Santa Monica Pier, and I believe there was another place uh, that this man was going to try and attack, and they uh, and I've heard some reporters say it saved hundreds, and some say it saved thousands of lives. But anyway, thank God that He averted it and kept it from happening. But God is bringing His word to pass, and as soon, <coughs> excuse me, as I find the date of that prophecy, I will pass it on to you. But uh, I really appreciate everybody joining with us today, and I'm going to go straight into the Word here, and I want to encourage you uh, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I tell you, God is moving in such a great and a mighty way among His people, and there is a move of God in the earth. And you know the Lord uh, spoke by someone in the meeting and uh, he said that ground was being broken and that his spirit had moved in many nations that morning. And I remember several years back, the Lord spoke to us and told us that the body of Christ was being brought together all over the world. 
Now, you know, so many times when it comes to serving God or religion or or, or revival or whatever we call it, then our focus and our eyesight a lot of times doesn't go past our own city or state and definitely uh, doesn't seem to go outside of our nation. But uh, the Lord is putting this thing together worldwide. Now, I remember a few days ago praying and asking the Lord, I said, Lord, why is it taking so long to get things ready for an outpouring of your spirit? And the Lord began to deal with my heart. He said, in the days when I poured out the Holy Ghost, he said, I poured it out on 120 in the upper room in Jerusalem. He said, in these last days, I said, I would pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. So I'm having to prepare a move of God that's not just going to go citywide or statewide or nationwide. But God is preparing a visitation that's going to visit the whole earth. Because when God moves this time, it's not going to be done in a corner. It's not going to be done in one city. It's not going to be done in a state or in one nation. God is preparing the way he spoke to Haggai. And he said, and the desire of all nations shall come. And there's a working of the Spirit of God right now to bring all nations together in one heart, one spirit, one mind, one soul. You know, the Lord spoke in Ephesians, the uh, 10th chapter. I mean, I'm sorry, the first chapter in the 10th verse. Uh, and let me pull that scripture up here real quick if I can. Get my uh, concordance here and pull it up real quick. Ephesians, the first chapter and the 10th verse is where I want to go. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So we have entered into that dispensation uh, where the Lord said that he would bring all things together in the dispensation of the fullness of times. That word there means years. So this dispensation is going to bring in the fullness of all of the years from the beginning of time. We are definitely coming into the restitution or restoration of all things. God also spoke this. In Acts 3, I believe it was 21, that said he had spoken about the restoration of all things through the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. There's too much scripture coming together, children. We need to get our hearts and our minds focused on the Lord. And we definitely have come into a new generation, a new dispensation. And you will see a new generation stand up in the earth. People have settled down in their walking relationship with God. I have been serving God 47 years this year. And I can remember back the fire and the burning and the stirring and the working of the Holy Ghost that overshadowed my spirit back in 1972 when I came to the Lord and I sought the Lord with all of my heart and sought Him with all of my soul and my mind and spent many hours a day in prayer 
and study of the Word and seeking God and wanting to uh, be a witness, be vocal for the Lord. And uh, in those days, I didn't have any knowledge, but I had a whole lot of zeal. And if you got around me five, maybe ten minutes at the most, I was going to be talking to you about Jesus. It didn't matter what you wanted to hear. It didn't matter whether you wanted to hear about Jesus or not. I was going to talk to you about the Lord. And I've had uh, some confrontations with people and probably been cursed out more than a few times. But that's all right. I told them about my Jesus and what he had done in my life and how he had changed me. But like I said, I still do it, but I wait for that leadership of the Spirit of God that has given me more wisdom and understanding and knowledge uh, than he has zeal. But anyway, uh, we have entered into that time that everything's coming together in one. Uh, the Lord is bringing His whole body together across the face of the earth. And when He pours out His Spirit this time, it's not going to be on a handful here or a handful there. And I believe all over America is being made ready. I believe all over the face of the earth. The Spirit of God, people's hearts and minds are being prepared. And God is getting this thing ready for a great and a mighty visitation because He said, I'm going to pour this out on all flesh and all flesh is going to see the glory of God. All flesh may not partake of it, but there is a glory that is being made ready to be revealed that the people whose hearts are prepared will be made partakers of this Holy Ghost. They will be made partakers of this resurrected Spirit of Christ that is going to enter in in a greater power and authority than any generation has ever known it. I believe that God, when He starts this, is going to bring us to that place to restore the church where He uh, gave the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. You know, the Lord spoke in Joel, the second chapter, and along about the, uh, I think it starts with the 22nd, 23rd verse, and He said, I have given you the former rain moderately. Well, every one of us, that study our Bible knows the former rain is what fell on the day of Pentecost. The Lord said, I've given it to you moderately or in a measure. He said, but now I shall cause to come down for you the former rain, the rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the first month literally uh, is spring. It's April in the Jewish calendar. Uh, and I always thought God was going to move in the spring of the year, but in 2015, the Lord spoke into my spirit and He said the first month is symbolic. It is the symbol of a new beginning, a new season, a new day, uh, a new time that I am going to move in the earth. And God spoke also in the beginning of this meeting and said we had entered into a new season and a new time that God was bringing us in to a new dispensation and a new generation because the Lord tells us in His Word in Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 to everything, there is a season and there's a time to every purpose under the heaven. And this is uh, a main, what I would call a main move. It's like a milestone in God's Word, in God's Spirit, that God is bringing things together. He poured out the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, uh, and He endued the church with power. He endued them with power because that's what He told them. 
He said, you go and tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And I hate to tell you, children, but this has not been preached in years. People are taught to pray till they maybe get a few syllables or stammering tongues in the Holy Ghost and then they're told they've got it. Well, I disagree with you because uh, it's not just getting stammering lips. It's not just getting uh, saying a few syllables. What I've seen, I've been in this, uh, like I said, nearly all of my life, 47 years, and I was raised around Pentecost. I was raised in the church, had some experiences with the Spirit of God in my early days. Uh, uh, seven, eight, nine years old, received a, this uh, measure of the Spirit when I was 12, but I did, just didn't get a, uh, a stammering lip. I just did not get a few syllables. Now, I did around 12, but... Uh, as I sought the Lord and I prayed and I was taught to enter in to the working of God's Spirit, I began to speak with tongues. It didn't say they got stammering lips uh, on the day of Pentecost and stopped there. It didn't say they got a few syllables uh, of some words or maybe one or two words. It said they spake with tongues or they spake in languages. So uh, I don't mean to disappoint you or upset you, but if you've not spoken in languages and you've not grown in God to where uh, your languages have changed, you've come into many different tongues and many different languages, then you need to get back in your prayer closet and begin to seek God for a greater and a deeper experience of the Holy Ghost to come into your life and come into your spirit and your mind. So, but the church was endued with power because the Lord told her, tarry ye, Luke 24 and 49, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Let me see if I can get over to it. I want to be sure that I'm quoting all this right. Luke chapter 24, and you go to verse 49, and this is where Jesus appeared to him after the resurrection. And he, uh, he walked into the room and started talking to him there. Let me find it. And as they spake, verse 36, and as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit or a ghost. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled and why do your thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see for a spirit or a ghost hath not flesh and bone as you see me have. So he appeared to them, not in a vision, not as a spirit, but he appeared to them as a flesh and bone man. It was Jesus. It was the man Christ Jesus after the resurrection. And he was flesh and bone, and he's still flesh and bone today. And the fullness of all the Godhead dwells bodily. 
bodily. It dwells bodily in Christ. It will tell you this in Colossians 1 and also in Colossians the second chapter that he, the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily in him. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So he was standing there telling them everything in the law of Moses, everything that was spoken by the prophets, and everything that was written in the Psalms concerning me, concerning my crucifixion, my resurrection, what I went through in the pits of hell, all this has now been fulfilled. And then it says that he opened their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. So all the Scriptures uh, that pertain to His life, death, burial, and resurrection uh, that had been fulfilled, He opened their understanding uh, to the Scriptures. This is the reason we need to pray. Uh, God, give us understanding. Open our minds, uh, our spirit man to the Scriptures uh, and give us eyes to see, ears to hear, uh, and a heart to understand what this Spirit uh, is speaking to the church. We need to know, children, uh, your natural man, according to 1 Corinthians, uh, the second chapter, your natural man receiveth not uh, the things that be of God, neither understandeth them, but it is your spirit man. Uh, it is your spirit man. Uh, that is the reason the Lord spoke and said that I'm going to reveal things that I have not seen, uh, neither has ear heard, neither has it entered. Uh, into the heart of man the things which I have prepared that I'm going to reveal to them that love me. We are now entering into a day of a revelation of the Word and understanding because the Spirit is becoming stronger. It's being given in a greater measure and as God pours out His Spirit, we may start in this restoration where He gives us what He gave them at the day of Pentecost and I believe that, but we will not stay there. Everybody wants to think that what happened on the day of Pentecost is the uh, end all of everything. No, it is the beginning. That was the foundation uh, of the church. It was the former rain. Uh, and all through the years, there's been uh, when the former rain died out, probably a couple of hundred years, uh, then there was the dispensation of the rain. Uh, and the rains have come down all through the generations. Uh, revived with Smith Wigglesworth, men like that, uh, the days of the healing revivals in the 40s and 50s, Cole, uh, Allen, Roberts, Branham, uh, that was under the rain. The revival at Azusa Street was under the rains uh, of the Holy Ghost, and we've not seen anything like that. Uh, so now as we move out of the dispensation of the rains uh, into the dispensation of the latter rain, uh, then God is going going to bring us forward uh, because the latter rain is the fullness. Uh, it's the fullness. It's the fullness of the Spirit of Christ uh, living in us. And once this happens, uh, we will no longer battle this sin nature. 
I thank God for what He's doing. I thank God for where He's taking us. I thank God for how He's revealing Himself. And I'm going back to Luke 24 and 46. Then he said unto them, Thus it was written, and thus it behooved, or pleased Christ to suffer. It pleased him to suffer, because when he suffered, when he went through what he went through, he not only purchased eternal life, he purchased eternal salvation, in that he died unto sin. He died once when he was resurrected, and ascended up into the heavens, and placed his blood on that mercy seat in that temple in the heavens then he obtained eternal redemption he obtained for you and I eternal redemption eternal redemption and he also purchased eternal life and he took the keys of death and hell out of Satan's hand because he paid for them he paid with his body and his blood and his soul he paid for them keys of death and hell are you hearing me the wages of sin is death and that's what Jesus done he paid in his physical body he paid in his spirit man and he paid in his blood and when he was resurrected and brought back to life he paid with his body and his blood and his spirit his soul Isaiah 53 and 10 says when thou shalt make my soul I'm offering for sin and he done that and he earned uh, the price and paid the price. Uh, and Satan had to surrender the keys of hell and death. Uh, because when Adam sinned, Adam gave the keys of spiritual death. There was no spiritual death till Adam sinned. Not for man. There was no kid. There was no spiritual death. Satan had been assigned to it. But there was no spiritual death for man till Adam surrendered the keys. And he'd done just exactly what God said when God told him in the day that you touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and you eat thereof, he said, you shall surely die. And on that day, man died spiritually. He died naturally. Man had lived hundreds and hundreds of years. And you go back and trace the genealogy side. After Adam and his wife Eve eat of that tree and touch that tree, you read the genealogies, you read through the generations Generation after generation, man's years began to slack. He lived hundreds and hundreds of years. I think Methuselah was the oldest living man, 965, 69 years. And then it began to diminish after that. And every generation, it got fewer years and fewer years until man got down to living like uh, 120 years. And then it dropped down to 70 with David. So man... Uh, Adam's days was not were not counted until after he sinned. We do not know how long Adam and Eve lived before they sinned, but he lived many hundreds of years. And but I don't want to get into that. But and and Jesus said here in verse forty-seven of Luke twenty-four, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are the witnesses of these things. All the things Jesus done, they're witnesses of it. They're witnesses of the healings, the miracles, the dead raisings with Lazarus, the dead raisings with the widow's daughter, I mean the Jairus' daughter, the dead raising of the widow's son in Luke 7 in the town of Nain, and Jesus, 
They saw all this. They knew all this. They was with him. They handled, according to First John, the first chapter, they handled the word of life. They were there with him uh, all the time. They ate with him, slept with him, worshipped with him, prayed with him, ministered with him. And he said, you're witnesses of all these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven, and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Now, uh, We'll go to the book of Acts, the first chapter, and I'll just start at the first verse. The former treatise have I made over Theophilus of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion or whenever he desired, that's his passions, he showed himself alive to his disciples by many infallible proofs or things they could not deny. And being seen of them 40 days, that don't mean he was with them all 40 days. It means that period, time period of 40 days after his resurrection, they saw him alive and he done many things just like he appeared to them on the seashore and uh, had, had a meal cooked for them and they were out fishing and they came and sat down and eat with them. But being seen of them forty days and speaking of them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And those of you that listen to this broadcast, you know that I believe in the kingdom. And I, I, I've taught you that it's different from heaven. That it is the, the kingdom of heaven and heaven are two different things. But I'm not going to get into that now. And uh, being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So he, he said all that to him, and then when he got over, uh, drop down to verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now, Jesus was taken up here, but he had told them to go and tarry at Jerusalem, and that they would be endued with power from on high. And he said, after that ye have received power... You shall be witnesses of me. Children of God, the witness of the gospel is signs, wonders, and miracles, deliverance, uh, great acts of the Holy Ghost, and the church is missing this today. This is Brother John Metter, and I see that we are so fastly running out of time. I, I tell you, I'm going to have to apologize I know there's been a couple of the broadcasts that I got so caught up in preaching that I didn't end it, you know, at the time allotted, and I apologize for that, but sometimes I get caught up in this anointing, in this word, in this spirit, 
and I forget to look at my time meter to gauge the broadcast, but that's okay. God's moving and God's working. Now, I want to encourage you to come be with us at our New Testament church at LJ. Uh, we are located at 90 Garland Drive. That is on the corner of Garland Drive and Big Creek Road. And if you, uh, that's at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, the only time we're meeting right now. And we start prayer at 1030. Everybody, if you're going to be a part of what God's doing, you need to get there, go to prayer, enter into prayer with the body of Christ. Everybody needs a home church that prays together. So if you take uh, Highway 52 going out of Elijah like you're going toward Dawsonville, you'll pass the R.A. Apple House on your left, probably... Um, I don't know how far, half a mile or so down on the left, you will see a sign that turns. Uh, there's a road sign that points to the left. It is Big Creek Road. When you turn left on Big Creek Road, uh, the Dollar General store will be on your right. You come approximately six and a half miles out Big Creek Road, and there's a small white church uh, on the left on the corner of Garland Drive and Big Creek Road. The address is 90 Garland Drive. We encourage you to come be with us, worship with us, fellowship with us, and see what God is doing in His people. And I pray God bless you until our next broadcast.